Your job as a leader, as an organization, is to grow your people. If they grow to a point to where they outgrow you, you did your job. It's not a bad thing. Have a conversation. And how hard is it to say, how's it going? How's your job? How's everything going? What can I help you with? What motivates you? On this episode of A Call to Leadership, our Business Monday Part 2 episode of this two-part series on pay for performance is in full swing. We're going to finalize our discussion on how we motivate people. Do we motivate them through just dollars and cents? Do we motivate through them through our culture? What are the ways that we can help our people to rise above through different types of ways we pay them. Can't wait for you to listen in. I've got Sam Sala and Travis Ravel, my co-hosts, joining me, and let's kick it off. Compensation is a big piece of culture. I mean, I kind of talked about it as two different things, but I mean, it all kind of feeds into the overall culture, you know? Um, people will work less for a work environment they love being in. That's mm-hmm. a it's fact. A, it's a fact. It's a fact. Yeah, it's a fact. So that should be an important piece of your vision and for what you have for your company is to create an amazing culture that people want to be at. And that's know? where I think people need to like people who, you know, kind of pick up on your point, Nate, they're, they're listening to us right now and they're, they're overwhelmed. They're like, Holy, yeah. how do I, how do I do this? Well, I would say the first thing you do is you work on your culture, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's the most important, right? Like if you can pay people, like I said, you could pay me $500,000 a year to go dig ditches. I'm going to make it a week. Literally, like I'm going to make it a week. Like I'm just not going to physically want to do that job, right? Or you could pay me $150,000 a year to sit here and talk on a podcast. I'm going to choose this job 10 out of 10 times because it's what I want to do, right? Understand that you're building a culture. It just starts with asking people, asking your employees, what would you change? Yeah. What does a good workplace look like? And for that's you? why yeah. that's why I develop, you know, creating culture especially when you have multiple leaders involved with different leadership approaches and different perspectives on how a company should be ran. Mm-hmm. And you have, that's why it's important in partnerships to have a synergy in, in that direction, right? And, you know, when you say culture to some people, it's almost like, it's like, what does that mean exactly? Like, what do you mean by work culture? Like we come in, we run this business, we do our jobs, you know, we produce results, you know, we just want to make money, you know, just like the very like shallow, mm-hmm. like part of being an entrepreneur. But then you start like talking about what we're talking about, you know, which is culture and environment and leadership, which honestly, I feel like is more of a focus now than it used to be. Like, you know, like people talk like when we were coming up as entrepreneurs. I mean, I think we were natural leaders in a lot of ways and there's natural leaders leaders out there but have you ever sat there and was like how can i be a better leader and how am i going to apply myself and learn from other people to just step up to be this amazing leader that people want to work for right yep. and you know my team in my organization at unwired we all feel vested you know we're all partners in this goal and this you know, we all wake up every day trying to get to the next level. Our leadership is vested. They are invested in what we're trying to accomplish. And I think that's rare. You know what I mean? That is a rare thing. It is a rare thing. Yeah. And I, a personal story. So when I started at, I won't, I won't name companies or names, but started at a company, I was 22 years old. My boss at the time, good guy, right? Very highly educated. He's now the CEO of 
I don't know, Fortune five company. I mean, and, and, and you know, incredibly large global company. His adage was he paid people just enough to not quit. Right? You pay them just enough so they don't quit. That's not an old theory. And it's still it's still pervasive today. Yeah. Right? Like I'm going to pay you just enough so that you quit. Now, that employee is not invested in your company. They don't feel a part of your company, right? And I'm, I'm trading what my dream is, right? What's what's the minimum amount that I can trade my dream to just pay my bills, right? But, you know, in this era, and we, we talk about this a lot, this change that we're in, you know, you're looking at max employment across the country. Now, yeah, there are a lot of people who are not working, but they're, they're not going to work, right? They're just not going to work, right? It's their not workforce because there's no is, jobs. It's more it's, because it's, they don't want to They don't want to work, right? Yeah. And you're not going to change that mentality, right? Like you're just not, right? Until they have to, right? And that's not something that's right. as, as an entrepreneur that, that we're going to change society and force people to work. So you have a limited workforce. How do you become a place that people want to work? Because there's a lot of options. You know, if you're paying somebody 13, 14 bucks an hour, there's a lot of places right now that they can go make 16 bucks an hour. And if they're not happy where you're working, they're taking that money. You know what I mean? Like they're taking that money. And so I think having a work culture, a strong performance-based incentives, right, of the organization, those two things go hand in hand with each other. And if you're not doing that, right, you may be getting by today, but you're literally a dollar more an hour offer away from losing your people. Right. Yeah, and if your employees leave you for a dollar an hour, then you probably didn't create enough value for that dollar. Well, that's it. Creating enough value for it. And I think that's where many organizations don't focus on our vision, our mission, and our values. Those three pieces that develop your culture. Because if you create a compelling enough vision that has a worthy cause, then people will be attracted to that. And so that's part of it. And then the other, the logistical questions come up, right? Which is how much is it going to pay? How much, what are my incentives? How much time do we get off? What's the flexibility? What are the benefits, right? But it really starts with, is this a vision that is personal to me? Mm -hmm. And somebody might say, well, I have a construction company or I have, I'm in, you know, food services or I'm in manufacturing. How could I even begin to have and incentivization based on a bigger vision because it's a widget. Well, that's the wrong attitude. Totally. It's totally the wrong attitude because as soon as you have that attitude, you've already lost the fight of creating a worthy cause around whatever you do. And I always said this before, you know, accounting is not sexy, right? But if you're in the love business because people are stressed out, it totally changes the environment because when people come in, they're like, we have problems. We don't like the IRS, right? Well, let's help you solve that problem and bring those stress levels down. So I don't care what kind of business it, it is. I think that's a cop-out. It's a cop-out. If you, and you know, shameless plug here, but if you really feel like that in your organization, please reach out to us because I can, I promise you, I can define, you know, what you're doing and, and how in a larger instance you can pay somebody. Manufacturing, quality control, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's simple, right? I mean, gas station, right? What gas station are you going to go to? If it's some random mobile gas station or a quick trip, right? Where are you going? The reason. I'm going to quick trip. Mm-hmm. People are happy there, right? I get taken care of. The customer service is there. So no matter what, you know, Nate, you pegged it, right? No matter what role you're in in an organization, you're in sales, whether you realize it or not, you're in sales. And no matter what organization you have, you're in customer service. Those are two things that just are what they are. Sales and customer service are there. Mm -hmm. And you can tie a compensation model into those. You can. 
and you know what? Like, I think you're going to start seeing a big press from a unionization standpoint, right? And I'm not pro-union or anti-union, right? But if you are taking care of your people, they're not going to try to unionize on you. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just not going to happen. And so I think that when you look at a Starbucks, right, you look at which is starting to see unionization, right? They're closing down stores. You know, there's this, this struggle that's going on. But Starbucks revenue hasn't dropped. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, they're still selling a lot of coffee. 66% of the people on this panel went to Starbucks this morning and, and got a coffee. You know what I mean? And like, if I didn't quit drinking coffee, I would have mine as well, you know? right? So it's just, you know, there isn't an organization, company, whatever you want to call it, that doesn't have a sales and customer service aspect to it that you could compensate off of. I, I can also attest, I think that you have people that pay their employees amazing, let's say you have the highest tier, but almost they're paying so much that they haven't been able to build performance-based incentives in because they're paying at such a high rate mm -hmm. that maybe they should have paid a little less and created the a higher ceiling um, instead of just, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, we all know, I mean, you know, especially from the background, from a retail, let's just talk from a retail perspective. You know, we always looked at the compensation, you know, here's your base, but to get to this level of compensation, you're going to be uh, selling, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I think what ha what does happen sometimes is everybody's reacting to keep their people so, so much that they're, and this has happened in the last year, you know, you're paying people absolutely the most and that you've ever paid people. I can attest to that. People are telling me the same thing. This is what I'm hearing. I've never paid people like this before. This is, which is great, right? People mm -hmm. are getting compensated for their jobs. The question is, if your PNL doesn't support more money, how are you going to pay people more money? So then the Fortune 500 company comes in, pays that more money, and takes that employee from that small business. So as a small business, what do you have to offer? Well, and I think just throwing more money at it is also what people would consider it's the lazy way. Well, again, your culture is what keeps people is to me the major factor and what keeps people from from leaving to work somewhere else you know and i would say i would add to that people don't work for companies they work for people yeah. correct right and so if you're because somebody in a a large organization like a chick-fil-a mm -hmm. or any of these larger companies would say or a starbucks would say it's us against them right mm -hmm. they're a big corporation they represent the shareholder values or the shareholder revenue and and just increasing that value and we're here they talk the talk but at the end of the day i'm expendable i'm just a number and that's a real concern because how do you then tie compensation at this larger level not just a small organization but at the larger level where it's actually authentic and it's not just well here's what we're doing because a consulting firm said that this is the way we're going to increase productivity and retention mm -hmm. that's a real problem that a Starbucks is, and that's why you do have, you know, the push toward unionization because it's a voice. Now we have a collective voice because we need one. We have a problem. And so the question then arises, okay, guys, this makes sense on a small business level, but how do we translate that to a big business? That's right. Because you can move in a small business environment, you can move a lot quicker, which is an advantage. You know, you don't have these, you know, corporate layers that things have to go through. And you know, how big companies are so hard to change, mm -hmm. right? But a small business, you can change. You can well, change, and, change fast. And in large part, because the owner, right, you can usually have a conversation with the owner, 
right? Mm -hmm. well, you know, you've got a CEO. Now, the question is, I think that the next question I would ask is, how then, if engagement with the leadership team or the CEO has an effect on your culture, right? Look at CEOs who are engaged in their culture. Look at an Elon Musk at the time. Of course, look at a Steve Jobs. Mm -hmm. right? Look at CEOs. Well, I was talking about, I think on a previous episode, about the Home Depot CEO who is writing letters individually to employees, handwritten, ink, not a, you know, right. not just a form letter, right? The engagement level increases that connection because back to the question mark of the, even I think in some ways, increasing performance compensation without the culture that cares about a person. In other words, the only reason why I'm giving you this additional compensation is because I don't want you to quit, right? Right. Just like your original leader. You know, you've got to go beyond that. You've got to understand what makes your people tick. Like you just have to. And, and listen, it's not daunting, right? So whether whether you're in an organization of a thousand people or you're in an organization of three people, it's literally having a conversation, right? Ask yeah, somebody. not everybody's going to work for you forever. No. What, At the end what, of the day, right. I mean, and that's, okay. that's, that's the expectation. And that, that's the thing. Like, that's the thing. You know, when people, like your job as a leader, right, as an organization is to grow your people, right? If they grow to a point to where they outgrow you, you did your job, yeah, right? It's not a bad thing. But I think that, right, like have a conversation. And how hard is it to say, hey, Nate, so, you know, I'm reviewing, you know, your job duties and, and everything. And, and how's it going? You know, like, how's your job? Like, how's everything going? What can I help you with? You know, but what, what motivates you? You know, I mean, that's something I ask on an interview question, right? I jump right to the front, right? When I'm interviewing somebody, I, I ask them straight up, what motivates you? What are you motivated by? Yeah. It's, you know? Like, it's a great first question. What do you want? It says it all. Yeah. And the next question is, what do you want to be? Like when you were a kid, what do you want to be? Right? Like so I can understand, right, where is this person? Where are they coming from? Right? They wanted to be a firefighter. Why didn't you be a firefighter? You know what I mean? Like I needed to make money. Okay, cool. So what motivates you? What do you do in your spare time? Like I ask so few questions about the actual job itself, right? Because I want to understand who this individual is, right, in front of me. And if you haven't done that, Okay, you can start today. You know, start having a conversation, right? Yeah. If you don't understand your people, if you don't understand what motivates your people, they're not just coming for a paycheck. They want to do more than that, but if that's all you're offering, you're a very, very, very one-sided organization. You have deficient leaders and you have deficient employees. Mm -hmm. Okay, you can have either one. You can have a very, you know, a, a great leader with deficient employees that maybe shouldn't be working for you, so you make a change and get the right people, mm -hmm. right? Or you have leadership that's deficient that has the right people that they're just not getting recognized and rewarded the right way and they could be so much better, right? So, you know, like you said, everyone's motivated differently. And getting to know them as a human being really enlightens you on what really drives them. So, yeah, um, because they got, they got bills to pay, right? I think one of the first question is, compensation is an essential aspect of that, right? Absolutely. But when money's off the table, as it's been said, what else is there that brings me joy in this organizational environment, right? Because if it's only money, and I'm glad you brought that up, then the highest bidder wins. Highest bidder. Yep. And that's not a game that, that you want to play because it's unsustainable. Unsustainable, and especially for, most, for, for the entrepreneurs that we're probably talking to today. It's yeah. an unsustainable model. Yeah. So there's got to be something else involved. Uh, 
the old uh, pitch that Jobs gave to John Scully when he wooed him for a year. And you know, the money was no object, right? Scully wasn't ready to move from Pepsi, and he sold him with one line. Do you want to sell soda water the rest of your life? you want to come join me and change the world? That's a <laughs> an offer. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how we, I believe, the most resonant and effective way to build a culture. Like, let's change our little world, whatever it looks like. It doesn't have to be, you know, the disruptive innovation of going to another planet. Like, let's change our world together. But you have to be bought in as a leader. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. You have to be the one that leads that charge authentically, transparently, and with the right measures and the right metrics to continue pushing that forward. You cannot fake the funk when it comes to this. Like, you just can't. Like, if you're people see through and it actually is insulting right it's insulting when you have a leader stand up in front of you and try to sell you on some vision that you know well they don't believe in as well right you know it you can see through it but when you have somebody that actually gives a they care about you as a person they care about you as an employee they care about the organization you start to tie these things together and people will they will go to war with you yeah. Like they will go to war with you. That's the power that you have. And so compensation is an important part because like you said, everybody needs to survive, right? We can't just live off of kumbaya, right? But once your bills are paid for, what are you doing, right? You're trading time with the people you love the most in the world to go spend time with other people that are strangers. Why am I doing that? There has to be something more. Yeah, so... This then brings us back to the compensation piece starts long before we even get to running the numbers. It starts with what's our mission? What's our vision? What do we value? And then having the conversation with each individual who's possibly going to board our team to say, do we share in these places? Do we share that purpose? And then let's talk about how we can build these different pieces together to help you maximize your value, maximize your experience, and preface that within the confines of these boundaries and borders. So if it if it goes outside of that, in other words, you know, here's our here's our macro structure, here's our micro structure. If that doesn't work for you in this position that's available, then I want to free you. If it, at some point later it no longer works for you, that's okay too. You don't want to have high turnover, certainly. But like you said, not everybody's meant to be with your company forever. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely okay. But I think we we almost think that that's like that. Like, why would someone leave? Yeah, I was paying them well. Yeah. And I had all of the, I right. thought I had all the metrics just no, right. It, it, it stinks to lose people, for sure. I mean, we've all been there. You know, it's never a fun experience. But, you know, people move on. And, you know, they the ceiling cannot be the same for everybody. No. At the end of the day. No, and you mentioned, I want to come back to that. You mentioned the way you treat your organizational employees as partners. And you said, you know, we partner together. Back to your point, too. They won't ever see you as a partner unless you live up to that. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they'll just see you as another person who owns a business, who talks the talk. Yeah, we're partners. I'm not going to say the name, but I have a specific employee text me yesterday and just to let me know what a great job he's done the last few weeks. And how he's been absolutely crushing it. And he's got my number, obviously. Can call me anytime. Uh, he's not a, in leadership or anything like that. 
but hey just want to let you know i'm crushing it i'm loving it i'm loving where i'm at you know how's that make you want to let you know make me feel great because he cares about he cares that i know want he wants me to know yeah made your day i'm sure yeah and you know now that that person wants recognition yeah that person is that's a part of it by by recognition you know on top of money that's a recognition standpoint there's no silver silver bullet in business right i mean everything and that's why we do these podcasts different topics but every topic just like every employee in your organization has to play their role every topic we discuss leads to the other they're all the magic sauce whatever you want to call it right of creating a good work environment and the thing about it is is like once you get it nailed in it's going to change six months later it's going to change and it's going to change so this is not a one-time thing that you have right it's not a one-time conversation this needs to be ongoing conversations because as those people start at 22 in your organization fresh out of college what motivates them is different at 30 yeah is different at 35 and if you want to keep people mm-hmm. right it bothers if you're the person that you know takes as a personal insult when people leave your organization then you need to be even more proactive about this that you're continually meeting their needs and vice versa that employee needs to be continually meeting their expectations yeah and it's just it's just a give and take conversation that needs to be happening regularly and happening around uh, with every member of your organization and including especially your leadership team absolutely and that doesn't have to necessarily be internal it can be external right have the conversation with your accountant have the conversation, you know, if you have an internal CFO, obviously they're going to be, you know, involved in that. Have the conversation with a mentor, a coach, right? Have the conversation with what we call mentors from afar, like listening to this podcast or, or, or having different types of individuals who can help you to form these, these plans and then vet them with your people. Don't just unroll something. Absolutely. That's like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, it cannot be a top-down approach. And I've got another thing. Go see what your competitors are doing. What are your competitors offering their employees? You know what I mean? Because you've got to understand what your industry standard is, and you don't want to be the low end of that spectrum. You want to be on the higher end of that spectrum. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're paying more money, but what does it look like to go, if you work at Quick Trip, what does it look like to go over and work at that locally owned mobile across the street is it better is it worse do you get is it a better experience for you it might be right but if you as an as a business owner don't understand your people you don't understand your competition and all you're focused on is your product you are going to lose because once you're gone what happens to the organization right yeah i think that if we focus on the highest priority needs of all of our stakeholders and work and create an organizational model from a compensation perspective that not only meets those but exceeds those but most importantly explains the why and understands that this is what you need on a on a macro and a micro level then we can create some cohesiveness and ultimately reach our goals and win Well, my friend, thank you for joining me on this episode of A Call to Leadership. If you've been listening, you've probably heard me talk about our accounting and advisory business. And this show was actually born out of that business, those relationships. I found that entrepreneurs and professionals were missing aspects of their leadership that fed into their bottom line and helped their businesses be successful. So I'm so thankful that I've had all those years in that area to feed into this. And the truth is that so many people still need 
accounting and advisory help and they don't know where to go. If you're in that place where you feel, oh my goodness, my tax person or my accountant, I can't find them, or maybe the service wasn't up to my expectations, do not despair. I'll leave how you can find us in the show notes and one of my team members can do some discovery and help you along your journey. You're not alone, my friend. You always have help. Can't wait to see you on the next show of A Call to Leadership.